0: and welcome back to the Big Green Couch and today we have a continuation of what we talked about last week on the pod recording so if you haven't listened to last week's episode now's your time pause where you're at right now go back listen to the previous episode and then come back and meet us here on the couch again for this episode okay we've got our regular hosts here myself Jake Tree and Evan what's up guys hey guys hey hey Hello, hello. Every time. (laughs) Love (laughs) it. And then today we have our very special guest, Coach Rusty, with us today. And we're going to continue our discussion on mental health, finishing out uh, Mental Health Month strong here. And we had sort of alluded in our last episode to, you know, exercise and what it does for our mental health and all the benefits that it has and rusty is our local expert he does a lot of research on these things he teaches he is just somewhat of a genius actually (laughs) Mm -hmm. yeah i know you guys can't see but he's shaking his head right now um and so we brought coach rusty on to kind of give us the lowdown on some of this research some of the numbers, some of the things like hardcore evidence that we can look at that links, you know, positive mental health benefits to exercise. So welcome, Co-Trustee.
1: Yes, thank you. Uh, With those accolades, I'm not sure uh, I should just quit now. But um...
0: (laughs) Don't leave us. We we won't know what to say for the rest of the episode. (laughs) All right, so there's a lot of places we mentioned this last time, but there's a lot of places that we can go with this, a lot of different ways to start. Uh, And so I guess we had talked a lot last podcast on anxiety, stress, ADHD, sort of a lack of concentration. Uh, What can you tell us about the positive effects of exercise on that? And I know that you are really into the yoga side of exercise as well. So I guess, you know, start there and, and, you know, What sort of overview can you give us on
1: that? Yeah, so basically, especially with things related to mood and and just the way you think and uh, depression and things like that. So all those things can relate to simply neurotransmitters in the brain a lot of times. Um, And several studies, we can go into those at some point, show that exercise, any type of exercise generally, can improve neurotransmitter uptake, neurotransmitter production, and actually increase serotonin, um, decrease the stress uh, hormone cortisol. So, and that's, that's a big player here, right? So it's part of our fight or flight response. So something happens, uh, your height, your senses get heightened, your blood pressure goes up, your heart rate goes up, your pupils uh, can uh, dilate. And so we get ready to fight or flight. Right. And so we also have rest or digest. So, when we're in fight or flight, the cortisol levels increase, and rightfully so. And then when we're in that state, they decrease. The problem is that nowadays, with a high stress level, continued over time, that that stress level and the cortisol level stays high, and so we never exit that fight or flight response, and we don't get to our rest and digest. So heart rate stays increased, blood pressure's high, all kind of, and the, and the, the neurotransmitters are still prepared for fight or flight, and not the more even keel of what we need a little bit of both throughout the day. So um, all this leads to anxiety and depression, headaches, heart disease, uh, definitely memory and concentration problems, um, which could contribute to ADHD. I don't have any a research on that, but I'm sure it has some effect in it. Uh, problems with digestion because you're never entering that rest and digestion phase. And of course, weight gain, right? All, all the things that seem to be plaguing society these days uh, can be directly related to stress response. So kind of the science behind it. And then also vagal tone with the vagus nerve. Um, so you have autonomic nervous branches of, of the parasympathetic, right? So our, our parasympathetic is is basically the rest and digest side of the, of the house there. And sympathetic is fight or flight. So we kind of want a mixture of those. You know, they, they contribute to we need both, right? One's not bad. One's not good. But too much of either one, um, we're not going to function properly throughout the day. And so uh, vagus nerve has been attributed to both of those And a high vagal tone is what we'd like to see in athletes and regular people um, just to keep those two in balance. Um, does that make sense? Kind of, sort of.
0: So can you explain to our listeners, what exactly do you mean by the vagus nerve and vagal tone?
1: So the, the vagal tone is just how that sympathetic or how that vagus nerve is going to, interact with the body and cause the parasympathetic and sympathetic systems to act. Right. So higher, higher vagal tone lends us more to an even, even keel with those. That that kind of answered that one.
0: Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And this is interesting because I experienced this very obviously firsthand yesterday. I, you, you guys all know this, but I presented a sleep webinar and for our members and and staff and things like that and I was really nervous about it you know wanted to make sure the presentation went well and the technology went well and kind of got all hyped up for it and uh after I was done with the presentation I could feel like that stress response was still so elevated in my body I was just jacked up like I couldn't focus on it was like oh, okay. You know, it was kind of a relief that it was done, but I could still feel my body just like jittery, you know, like just so much going on. And so I had to walk out. I took a break and had to go walk outside and get some of that. Not, I didn't do any vigorous type of exercise, but I just had to get outdoors, see the sunshine and basically get my system to calm back down before I could come back and work because I just, I was so revved up from that. And so I think it's interesting because, you know, with this stress response and the anxiety we have talked about yesterday or last last episode, not yesterday, about how it can be so difficult to step away from your work. You're just like stressed out. You really want to get the next thing done. There's so much on your plate. But just noticing that, like I noticed this myself, was that when I stepped away, even for a short period of time, I was just so much more productive and had such a lower stress relo- release afterwards that it, I don't think I would have gotten nearly as much done if I would have just kept that elevated and then kept pushing through all day.
1: Yeah. And, and we tend not to, when we're in that heightened state all the time, we tend not to realize that we are right. Cause it's normal for us now and we don't realize that we're, things are elevated and we're hyper aware and, and it's just become normal. So, um, it's nice to be able to take a step back. And going back to vagal tone, so it, the better way to put it, I guess, is that increased vagal tone will let you not recover, but in lack of better terms, recover faster, go back uh, to a normal state more quickly. Um, so that's what we aim for, is that higher vagal tone. And so yoga specifically, if we want to go there, can help do all these things, right? The meaning of yoga is, is in Sanskrit, yoke, but it really means union. So it's trying to Bring to union the mind and the body, which the body, including the brain. So think of brain and mind are different, right? So uh, there's mindfulness, right, that we all uh, practice, and there's also brainfulness, right? So that's more of the body, the chemicals and everything going on in there um, that can lend itself to mindfulness if we if we try to do that. But yoga, just simple, it's just simply the breathing, right? The breathing techniques of yoga. So you have the the asanas or the poses. You have breathing, and you also have the meditative part of it, which breathing has to do with all of those. They run through all those. And just the breathing alone can bring down that that, high, or that that high stress response. What do we do when we're stressed out? We try to take a big breath and just calm down if we think about it, right? The shoulders relax, everything comes down. And that's kind of the, where yoga starts right? it is the breathing. So when you go through poses, it's not just the physical aspect of going through the poses and breathing. It also enters the meditative phase in almost every form of yoga. Um, to it works in the brain on the brain chemicals, right? So a lot of research um, has shown that different types of yoga. We'll take Yin Yoga, for instance. Um, they did a five-week study, and there's a biomarker um, that becomes elevated years before the onset of. Um, diseases like uh, cardiovascular disease, long-term diseases that take kind of insidious onset. So it took a long time to get there. Um, And this was reduced with a five-week yin yoga practice. So that's crazy, right? Because this stuff builds up over a tremendous amount of time and it can be reduced in five weeks through yin yoga. Um, And and yin yoga, if you don't know, is just kind of a slower, it came from uh, the Chinese, uh, just kind of a, Looking at the chi or energy channels in the body, and the theory is that they become blocked. And through these long poses uh, that are held for anywhere from two to ten minutes, um, each each pose uh, can release those blockages. Is the idea, but it also more physically uh, goes down into the fascia, the ligaments, the tendons, and adds a little more flexibility as well. Right. Um, important st- important uh, statement about Yin never to be done uh, when you're warm or after a workout because the poses are held so long that you don't want to get too deep and cause injury, right? So it's better to be done uh, cold. But yeah, great research. I mean, uh, five weeks was, was, was crazy. Um, yeah.
0: Is, is the research similar for other types of yoga or other types of exercise, do you know? Or have you not looked at those studies?
1: Yes. Yeah, so, yeah, any type of exercise uh, can reduce all those factors that we talked about. And increase increase uh or help with anxiety and depression, definitely helps with heart disease. But and we think this is common knowledge, but people just don't think about it, right? And and simple exercise, like I know we've all been kind of bound to chairs more lately than we've ever been uh before. And you know, just that that it's it's in yoga, it's good to have moments where you be still, but being in a chair is not one of those um all day. So uh, the movement that we've lost, even just walking from the car to, to the work, to um, up the stairs at work, things like that. If we're not totally conscious of those things, that you know, the health is going to decline. Um, but any type of exercise uh, basically is shown that they did uh, for mental health issues and also just physical issues as well. Uh, there's workers that exercised, and and those that exercised compared that those did not had forty-two percent fewer days off due to some poor physical condition or poor mental health. Um, and, and all exercise has been shown uh, to lower that health burden. So yeah. And those, those were office workers in Sweden, by the way, it was a six month intervention um, and they, they also included motivational sessions as well. So pretty interesting. But one of the things uh, I don't know if we're going off topic, but one of the things, one of the ones I found great was green exercise. So they had treadmill scenes so they put the, the participants on treadmills with green scenes, like all 360 almost, um, of just different scenes with a lot of greenery, right? Something something we don't see. And the scenes with the green than just normal exercise, they did a lot better um, with self-esteem. Like that was one of the things they measured in there. And they had a the exercise in itself reduced the blood pressure, but specifically the green exercise aided in self-esteem. So uh more mental mental health component there as well. So very interesting, right? Because we're kind of geared towards that color thing. If your eyes are ever stressed out or something like that, you can look out at green grass or the trees or whatever you want to look at and it, it calms you. Right. Um, I'm colorblind so I don't know if I get that effect off to study more <laughs> <but>, um <laughs> that's what they say. Yeah.
0: No, I that's very interesting. I just I have a million questions in my brain but with the green stuff, that, you know, I've seen research that proves that even, you know, exercise alone, yes, 100% helps your mental health. But that outdoor exercise is even a, a more increased uh, effect on the mental health. Do you, do you know much about that? Besides, like, these, you know, you've got the green screens, which is interesting to me because I would have imagined, you know, the fresh air, like, literally being outside. So, I, you know, I've kind of been talking about getting away from screens, you know. Focusing your eyes on something broader, a more panoramic view. So it's interesting to me that even on a screen, the view of an outdoor green type scene would still have a positive effect. That's crazy to me.
1: Yeah, I mean, I'm sure outside would do as well. I just, just, and just the feeling, even with the screen, of being free of the restraints of an office or a cubicle or, you know, whatever we have going these days with home offices and and just the ability to just be out there. Um, I tend to run um and that's just freeing to me. I running on a treadmill is a whole lot different than running outside to me mentally. Um physically as well, but mentally big time. Um, because it's my chance to get out and kind of de stress and, and just go where I want to. I can go this way, I can go that way. I don't have to be on a treadmill, you know, looking at something or plugged into something. So yeah, something something that I find that I hope I can do uh, for the rest of my life. But We'll
2: see. <laughs> yeah. I, I really love that point. And that's something I've used with my clients in the past where uh, basically just getting them to commit to coming to the session or even getting outside for a session. And it kind of goes back to your point on the brain, how you actually get a little bit of a dopamine release before you even start your workout. And I've said that in a previous podcast here. That you get that mental benefit before you even started your workout so either if you're outside or you're inside you're at the gym or you're just taking a walk you're really gonna get that nice rest and that kind of reset from the day and the mindset that you were in before you started the workout
1: I, know, I totally agree with that yeah it's it's a feeling right and people come back to work out because they've they've, they've had that feeling right so it's a good it's a good thing and you, it's like the, you know, the mouse poking the thing to get food, right? Well, you go exercise because you get that feeling. It's not only, and it has something to do with it, but it's not only the long-term benefits, but it's its the benefits you, you feel good, you know, immediately. Um, you know, it might be some soreness later, but that's a passing thing, right? Um, it's just that immediate uh, deal that you feel good. And, and going back to yoga just briefly with the brain, they've done functional MRIs, uh, MR, MRIs on brains right and pre post yoga and there's we won't go into what exactly everything does but the hippocampus amygdala um, frontal cortex have all seen positive effects uh, from yoga meditation everything along those lines not just yoga singularly as as you know not just as, uh, asanas or uh, not just meditation and not just breathing but all those combined so that that was an interesting study as well because that's that's something that they found look you can see it right? It's a picture. It's not something, it's not somebody floating on a carpet out here somewhere else, right? It's, 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 there it is. There's the science, right? In the words of the day. Um, And it's a picture, right? So there it is. And, and functional MRI just shows uh, flows in in areas of the brain instead of just a a snapshot. Um, So yeah, very interesting. There's tons of research out there, as you could guess with mental health and exercise, but uh, we just kind of narrowed down
3: a few, right? You know, it's interesting because I'm just, I'm not a yoga person. I, I tried, but I just can't get into it. And when I think about like the dopamine and like just having that mentality for me, like that obsessive mentality when it comes to exercise, like, I don't know like how to relate that with this, but like exercise is definitely a stress reliever for me, but I exercise a lot, right? Like I'm always moving. I'm always running. I'm like, I need to bike. I need to do something. And I'm trying to figure out like where that balance is, because I know that if you exercise too much, right, like you can still increase that, that that cortisol level, you know? So it's like between like, okay, I'm getting that dopamine, but then, you know, am I doing it too much to the point where I'm stressing myself out? And then on the other side, it's like, well, Triana, why can't you get into yoga? Like what is, you know, is it a personality thing, a personality type thing? Is, you know, would you suggest um people like me, like like a an entry way to get into it?
1: Yeah, sure, come to my class. <laughs> <laughs> quick little
3: plug for real for though the, your class
0: is fantastic yeah
2: there's a quick little plug for the right. livewell fitness calendar and it's also on our youtube channel if you ever want to catch a repeat of it so be sure to check that out
1: yeah no so uh, i and i get that right that's how i was about yoga first i was like eh, you know i'm an old marine you know ground pounder and and that's what you know straight ahead nothing in the way and that seemed kind of um, I don't know too much uh, existential floating carpet kind of thing. Is you know what I thought. So we had so I had I had a yoga instructor at the, at the center, and uh, just you know as as part of the hiring process, I, I participated uh, in her classes, and I enjoyed it. I, I enjoyed it. I looked at it as recovery uh, for me. And, you know, meditation's another side of it, but through yoga, I think I found the benefit of meditation as well. Um, I don't do it near as much as I, I should. Um, but I, yeah, I think the entry was just to try it. And, and you could try, you know, this instructor may fit you, this one may not, this one may. Um, if you're looking just for the physicality, like of a Ashtanga yoga or something like that, or a vinyasa it just goes through the poses, um, That's a different one as well. Completely different from yin. Yin, restorative, uh, might bore you, you know, and and that's perfectly fine. Everybody's practice is their own. And, you know, or even just messing around with it on your own see what you like. But yeah, that's the only entry. And and not everybody likes yoga. I know on site that uh, men tend to shy away from yoga um, because it seems not uh, uh, masculine, right? Or uh, the machismo thing is, is in there. But, you know, the ones that we've, I know that we were, that we had in class that we talked kind of into going into there, never left. So, well, they left last March, but <laughs> originally, yeah. Um, so, yeah, I mean, that's, that's the only route. And then, you know, if you, if you have an experience in a yoga class that you don't like, you know, try a different one, try a different instructor, maybe the same class, different instructor. It's it's all personal preference. Everything's, you know, there's, there's a yoga for everyone. They just have to find it. Right. Um, and it may be shorter classes, maybe longer classes for you. Maybe the kind that hold poses, uh, ashtanga is more strict, right? You may you may like those because it's more uh, physically stressful, I think, um, just because you, you get that workout kind of feel. Um, but then they all should have some aspect of, you know, shavasana at the end where you kind of gain the practices and kind of look internally a little bit. Um, but, you know, if you don't like that part of it, you just leave it out, right? Even in yoga, I tell the student, "If you don't like this pose, go back to the one you like." You know, this is not, you know, here's the text of what we're going to do today. You don't have to follow it at all, right? All my poses are just suggestions. The meditations and everything like that. So, yeah, I think that's that's the only thing. Just uh, try to experience as much of it as you can, and you know, if you, if it, it may it may not suit you in the end, but it, it might you might find something that you really like. So.
3: Yeah, I need to like literally just put your class on my calendar because I've been I've been trying to go for a long time. So um, there are no excuses. And um, I do want to do it for sure. I think that with my personality type, it's like I need a buffer, you know? Like if the class is at one o'clock, I need like another half an hour to like relax or calm down before even entering the class. So I don't know if it's like, Maybe I just need to chill out, maybe do some breathing exercises like before. I don't know if you guys like understand what I'm saying, but like, you know, when you're just like a, a frantic person, like all the time, it's like, well, how do I even like, like come down to even enter that space? But, um, but yeah, I'm definitely, trust me, I'm going to be there very soon. <laughs> hey,
1: that That's a good article, right? How does, how does a hit person fit into a yoga class? right? Um something like that, or, or cycling fit into a yoga class. And, you know, again, it's just finding that one, you know, maybe, maybe you don't find that one, but you know, maybe, you know, yoga, yogis say that life is yoga. So everything you do is yoga. You know, if you're, if you're sitting there and you're stressed out and you breathe, that's yoga. Right. Um, so you just have to find the one that, that fits, uh, you know, whether it's mine or, or somebody else's who knows, but, uh, hopefully it's mine, but, um, Always like more people, right? especially if you want to, I think I think you would liven up the class. I think it'd be good.
0: <laughs> <laughs> definitely would. I but I love how free. That's one thing I do like because I'm kind of the same way, Tree. So just to throw my two cents in, I can definitely relate to what you're talking about when you're talking about a buffer and all this stuff. And the way that I got into yoga, and I would say I'm still not that into it. I teach it, and Rusty, like you mentioned, the shavasana at the end you can catch me skipping shavasana probably 70 percent of the time <laughs> like i just am i'm the same way i'm very high energy and so calming myself down especially for ex. what i i think of yoga as exercise right and so when i have to calm myself down for exercise it just is very conflicting in my brain and so i i've told this story on the podcast before but when i first started yoga i would it was in college and i would run six miles and then take a yoga class. Cause I had to have my high first and then go to yoga. And then eventually it was one of those things where I couldn't, I could not, I was like very restless during class, but I went to a live class. So I felt I didn't want to leave during class. That would be rude. I thought, you know, I wanted to stay. And so I sort of had to like push through So I'd make myself stay in a live class with other people who were calm. So I couldn't be so high energy because the people around me were calm. The instructor was calm. And then eventually, as I kept going and kept going, I could teach myself to calm down a little bit more. And so it sort of took that instructor or that outside influence to train me to not be so like, I don't need to run five miles before my yoga. I can just you know, take the time and get into it and calm down. So I still have more learning to do so that I can get to my breathing and, you know, my final relaxation pose and not be so uptight during it. But I feel like it's been a long journey for me too, where I'm like, you know, the the research is there and it is good for you. And it does feel good to me, but I had to let myself feel good first because I was stressing my own self out about being, calm
2: if that makes sense uh brooke i was gonna say were those six miles a uh, cry running or was it just a normal run <laughs> uh just... no nah, in college i got over cry
0: running i did i didn't cry anymore but i feel a comeback
2: <laughs> <laughs> i love that um but i did just want to point out like one of the things that you did state was like kind of that own personal awareness And to kind of get into that mental state of change and letting it just be more relaxation for you and coming to just enjoy the yoga more and not needing that run and not being so active and just, again, learning yourself to get to that point. I think that's so important because we talk about exercise and it really is such a journey. So it is an important thing to think of, even us like as instructors, as coaches, master master trainers. Like we take this journey too.
1: No, yeah, I agree. I agree, and you know, even just the just the fact that on some of the stricter reforms, so the poses, you know, you have to be here, you have to be here. Um, even those have benefit because you have to think about doing those things. So you're not thinking about the outside. You're not thinking about what's due tomorrow. You're not thinking about whatever else going on, family issues, you know, COVID, whatever. Um, So it gets your mind off of it. And it was difficult for me when I first went also to, to just not think about, especially in Shavasana, you're laying there. If you look at it from the outside, you're laying there. Right. And it's difficult not to think about things. Right. So, you know, the the phrase I use, you know, if, if thoughts are coming into your mind during that time, it's hard to think about that right now, but, you know, look at them as clouds, acknowledge them and let them go by, right? So we're not concentrating on something. And sometimes that even helps with sleep, right? So that, and so in the poses, if you look at it just for a physical reason and you go just to get in there and you just do in the poses, just do it that way. And then work on the other stuff later. Um, it can, it can just be a recovery exercise, right? just the breathing alone, uh, the movements. You can look at it just like that. It doesn't have to be an existential thing or, or anything like that. You know, it can just be the movements and and taking the time out uh, for yourself in a different way, I think.
3: Yeah, and I like what you said, like, like life is yoga. You know, like I think for someone like me, I just need that little like, you know, and just like a little change of a mind frame, you know, um, definitely helps with the transition as far as like just taking your mind or, or putting your mind into a different place. So that makes a lot of sense.
1: Yeah, and each practice like I said earlier is is yours. So, you know, it's yours. It's you don't have to do what they're doing exactly. You do what what's best for your body, for your mind. Um if you do half the class and, and you're done, you leave after half the class. You know, it's it's not something that you that you have to do. It's it's a it's way you feel uh, when you're doing it. If you don't get a good feeling from it, why do it, right?
0: For sure. So, we've been talking a lot about the yoga side of it, which I think has super benefits. And one question I could see people asking would be Is there a preferred method of exercise for mental health benefits as far as the research that you've been through? Or is it, I mean, you know, whatever people can handle? Everybody's got different preferences, right? Yes,
1: they're difficult because, you know, most research will narrow down because the only way they get funded, right? To, to specific things but you know most of them found most of the broader ones find that any kind of exercise any kind of movement will help right any kind of it doesn't have to be programmed although a program would probably lend itself better to some accountability where you can do it consistently uh, consistent exercise i guess is what that should be uh attached to that is consistent consistent exercise over time will help Uh, mental, physical, they kind of go together, right? Going back to, I know, the the yoga philosophy kind of thing, but they do go together. The better the physical, the better the mental, the better the mental, the better the physical. So, yeah, any any movement, any consistent exercise, I think the research shows that you're good. But as you alluded to earlier, maybe there can be too much exercise, and that's something you have to find out.
3: Um, so I'm curious. So do you do any like, like hit or like like hardcore exercising, or like since you've been practicing yoga, has that been your 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 your, your stitch your niche?
1: <laughs> no, honestly, with, with with doing the classes, I've kind of uh, lost a little bit of my personal practice, which I I regret and I need to get back to. Um, but normal exercise, I, I love to run. Runs my thing. Uh, haven't been to the weight room in a long time, but uh, yeah, running and you know as I get older that'll decline I'm sure. Um, so different aspects, you know, some of the some of the uh, stuff we used to do uh, with some of the programming I, we followed, I did that. So um, no, I'm any kind of general exercise yoga, know, I like it and it has its place, but it's not everything. Um, yeah, you just have to play with it.
0: Well, gosh, Rusty thank you so much for sharing all this and all this research with us. And I always, uh, I always think about this research because it is the basis of us having jobs, right? We work in corporate fitness. Uh, You mentioned a bunch of research about people who exercise took a lot less days off from work, sick days. And that's kind of why we're here, right? Is we're, we're here to help people feel healthier, work better, you know, be able to be more efficient and productive and, just happy in their lives and so it's just so I love hearing all the research that supports it because you know I feel like we preach this all day long and we try to live it as best we can and so it I just I always find this discussion like it just revs me up even more I'm like yes here we go this is our bread and butter the exercise is really gonna help
1: (laughs) yeah and and it's interesting interesting because in my classes I, I say if you look up research you know look who did the research, right? Was, was eggs are the best thing for you from the egg council? You know, do they support that or was it something else? So there's usually always two sides to research, but honestly, I don't, I don't think I found any research that said exercise is bad for mental health. Exercise doesn't help. Exercise doesn't help. Uh, physical. I, I, I haven't found it. If it exists. I haven't seen it. So it's overwhelming.
0: That's awesome. Well, thank you so much again, Rusty, for joining us. I'm sure we'll have you back to uh, chat on another topic at another time. But that wraps up our mental health month, everyone. So get your exercise, feel better, be strong, both mentally and physically. And we'll see you next time.